Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for all your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All of the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use your promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? I mean, we're in the playoffs. It's been uh, yes. So I've heard. Been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been you know pretty good up here. I can't lie. Uh, going into our next round, we play uh, in the West Final. We're playing Winnipeg at Winnipeg. You know, um, it's a repeat of last year. So we're hoping for redemption. Okay. So this is the round that, so you guys are going to the divisional finals. I believe it's the West, mm-hmm. right? West divisional yeah. finals. And so you guys played this team last year. You played Winnipeg last year and lost in the same round. Yep. At Winnipeg. Same. The, the crazy thing is all the movement happened in the off season and mm-hmm. the exact same teams <clears throat> went to the playoffs. The exact same, like everything has oh, been wow. the same so far. Like, <laughs> We played a home game versus Calgary last year. Same thing, home game versus Calgary. Mm. We're going to Winnipeg. Same thing in the East. The same thing. It was a Montreal a home game versus Hamilton. Same situation. Uh, uh, Montreal won. Now they're playing Toronto in Toronto. So it's like the exact same playoffs as last year. But we're hoping to have a twist and get a redemption. Yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta re, you gotta rewrite that one a little bit. Um. So do you did you play them at all during the season? Three times. And what was the result? It was a win loss loss in overtime. Okay, and so if, that's the trend. So you're gonna win this time. If we would have, if we would have beat them in that overtime, we would have hosted this game and had a first round mm. bye. So like that game was pretty big. We were up, like honestly, we were no, actually we were up the entire game until overtime. Oof. Yeah, so um, we definitely owe them. It's uh, you know, it's it. They were their team that you know has pretty much controlled the CFL for the past four or five years ish. Oh, so, wow. you know, it's a big game for us. So, um, so I was reading the article about you, I believe it was like the, the providence.org, if I remember correctly, something like that, providence.com. Um, but they wrote an article about you, and what I read in there was so you've had, and we'll talk about UCLA football here in a minute, but we're talking about Josh right now. Um, that you had 15 tackles in the first nine games and you've had 30 in the last nine games. Is that what I read? And you had an interception earlier in the season. And then I think you batted a ball down in this last game. Do I have all that right? Something like that. Oh, you don't keep up with your stats. <laughs> no, I mean, it just, my role increased. Right. right, and, right, right you right. know, it, and you got was... moved. You got moved to the middle too, right? 
Yeah, unfortunately, one of my, one of my boys went down. Had to move to Mike for this game, and then I'll mm-hmm. be playing that this week. Um, but yeah, had a had a decent game. I just you know, to me, it's like I said, like stats aren't really. Mm-hmm. I want to win, and that's number one. My number one priority. I was like, whether I have all the stats or no stats, doesn't really matter to me as long as we're winning. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's talk about your UCLA Bruins because they did a whole lot of winning at the beginning of the season. Things are not going the same way in the later part of the season. So I think one thing that has gotten lost uh, with some of the fans, and I say some of the fans, just the ones that follow me or whatever that I see on Twitter, um, is like, sure, they should win the games they're supposed to win and also win the games that maybe they're not even the favorite to win, but it's like they just, this was literally like the meat of their schedule. I feel, um, or they're coming on the other end of it. Um, but you go to the desert and you lose to the wildcats for a second year in a row. Um, yeah, again, it's the pesky wildcats, Josh, that kind of knock them out of play out of the, conference championship picture they're, I mean they're not really eliminated I guess I haven't done the math I think the math is still a little too complicated to figure out with like three games left but they're kind of out yeah and one thing that I will say losing is is not okay but I think people are not crediting Arizona for what yes. they are mm-hmm. like it's not like Arizona is a bad team it's not like arizona is a losing team and it's not like arizona hasn't been beating they're one of the only three schools in the entire country to have three ranked wins yeah so we're not acting like and they did them like all in a row with the redshirt freshman quarterback who just came in in the middle of the season so yeah yeah so but we're not acting like they're scrubs and i mean we talked about it before uh the program's on the rise with jed fish this is I would say them beating UCLA wasn't expected, but I think the mm-hmm. success that Arizona has had thus far was expected. Um, just the way the trajectory of the program, the changes, the talent that they've been able to inquire through, you know, um, recruiting and through the portal. Like you said, I mean, this this quarterback, which – I mean, we know him because he's a Southern California kid, come from Servite, very talented. Um, they got like four like, Servite kids on that team and Justin Babyman Flo. Yeah, and and Tyler Manoa, somebody who and Tyler I mean, Manoa and thirsty Marco for revenge. Yeah, guy, guys over there, like this is definitely personal. Um, hey, that's their motto, too. <laughs> it's but, personal. That's their big motto. I thought so. it was Colorado's. So Arizona has it, too. Arizona actually had it first. Colorado's been kind of running with it lately, but no, that's always been their thing. That's Arizona's been that's been the thing since Jed's been there. Cuz oh, I was like it's personal, but they were like, you know, it definitely uh, I mean even three, even four for game coach, wins. even for coach Fish is personal because I mm-hmm. know he wanted to be the head coach at UCLA. Like okay. when he when he was the interim, I know that like he wanted to he wanted to get it and they passed him up even like no matter if he won or lost a bowl game, it was already confirmed that chip was coming. So it didn't matter. Right. And he still went out there and, um, you know, tried to get us as ready as possible. Um, and yeah, like I said, like he really wanted a job. So I know that it like it's personal for him. And mm-hmm. I've seen people be like, just joking. Like this is, this was, uh, 
his tryout or his interview for <laughs> taking over his head coach yeah. job. Um, yeah, yeah. But again, like fans need to understand that. Yes, it's frustrating that you said you say he's losing, and and there's things that are not acceptable, and there's things that do need to change, and all these things. But we cannot act like Arizona was like a, a team. Yeah, like a FCS non-conference right, game right. that you know that should just be a seven to zero blowout. Like this is a power five. Like I said, now they're ranked, which you know. Yeah, because they're they? not a pushover Wait, team. Did they get yes, ranked? They are. Well, I saw they were. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're right I, now. I mean, I mean, if you, I beat, had if you beat three ranked opponents in a row. Yeah, the thing is that they had lost like two or three games early. I had them ranked in my top 25 last week after they beat. I forgot who the ranked team was last week um, before UCLA. Um, but in the college football playoff rankings, I need to see if they're ranked. I, was well, I guess, that, I guess that's the only one that's that matters now, huh? Yeah, yeah, sadly, yeah. <laughs> um, but are you looking it up? Because I'm like not finding it right away. Okay, wait. Uh, we're looking, we're looking. Okay, so while um, oh, they're 21. Okay, but they're not. Sure. They're not ranked in the AP top 25. Oh no, they are. They're twenty three in the AP tw- top twenty five, on a three game win streak. Yeah, they're number twenty one in the college football playoffs, um, which again is the the more important one uh, when it comes to the bowl game stuff. But I want to talk about Jed Fish real quick, or actually, well, the the whole situation. I think part of the reason why UCLA fans may be a little upset is because it kind of felt like a little salt in the wound because it's kind of everything. It's kind of everything that they say isn't happening at UCLA right now. All the local mm-hmm. commits with the Servite kids. It, I think that's part of it. They're seeing the Servite kids. They're seeing Justin Flo. They're seeing all the kids that were at UCLA beat, come and beat them. Or, I mean, they didn't come to beat them, but beat them in Arizona, playing for Arizona. And they're like, why didn't we get all those kids? You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And then Jed was the, was the interim coach. Um, that was something I actually wanted, was going to mention. So I'm glad you kind of mentioned that. Um, when I was writing today, just kind of about the state of the program and where things are at right now. Um, I kind of talked about Jed Fish briefly, and I mentioned that, um, you know, he was an interim coach, and I was kind of reading that some people are like, a lot of fans or some fans at the time were saying that they wanted Jed to continue on as the football coach for UCLA. Um, what was the experience like for you, or what was kind of the vibe in the locker room back there? Not Not saying you guys didn't want or, like, chip kelly but just like what was the vibe on jed at that time um he brought a different energy i mean mm-hmm. like i said he's cut from that cloth of being like a mad scientist when it comes to offense like things that we didn't understand when it came to the game it worked not always like me being you know one of the best friends with like caleb at the time a lot of times like i mean as a defensive player you don't get to be in many like you know meetings or things or hear the offensive coaches talk but like Caleb used to always tell me, like, with Coach Fish, it was like he would tell them what is going to happen, like what what's going to happen, how's it, how it's going to play out. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, we're going to use this play, and it's going to do this, and but it's going to set up this, or oh. it's going to, and then we're going to keep doing this, and then it's going to set up that. Like, he's that type of guy, like understanding, um, the 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 chess piece. I'm pretty sure he's like a tennis background. Like he's his background isn't like I don't think he played football. I think his his background was like 
tennis or something else and like he got yeah somehow he got into coaching and got in it I, that I way i think he started coaching like i think i saw something today like it was like 2010 it was like kind of recent like i was like damn really like it was not that long ago but he's like uh i mean and then he i mean he went on to what coach with the patriots and like he uh, is very well respected i mean in the football community and like he's one of those um like i said one of those guru type offensive coaches so and he also like you know brought the juice and the energy so like we i mean i think he would have been a a good head coach for us if you know after uh mora because i mean a lot of the bright spot of that last year was the offense Mm -hmm. our defense was we had so many different changes going on that we never you know were able to really put it together um and i mean we went what six and six on a regular season winning all our home games and that was because our offense was put up a lot of points we just never could figure it out uh like i said defensively so i think you if you match up him his offense with a like a good dc and that's a recipe for success yeah so speaking about ucla's offense ucla didn't have um they had quite a bit of misfortune with uh, Garbers going down. I think he was like sacked for seven yards, if I remember correctly, and hurt his foot in the process, um, was slow to get up, had couldn't put any weight on it coming off the field. You have Dante go out there only a few plays later. Um, he finished out the series he was in, um, but then didn't return, and he was seen going back to the locker room. So he went back to the locker room and never returned to the game. Con had been playing throughout the game and finished out the game. Um, <clears throat> so just the way things were looking at, I was out at practice on Tuesday. It looks like it looks like um, it it looks like Garbers was limping around. He does not look hundred percent, but he's back at practice. He was not there on Monday at all, um, at least from what we were able to see. And Dante was there on Monday, but didn't have his helmet. So. Um, the injury bug, at least at the quarterback position, um, is kind of kind of impacting the, the quarterback room there a little bit. So it could be Con Schley, it could be Dante Moore starting. I would assume at the moment it's not gonna be garbage just because he's not looking hundred percent. Um, but there's still some time in the week where that can change. But maybe time um, for the Chase Griffin show. Throw Chase in there. Chase also is ready to go um as well. So wouldn't rule Chase out either. Uh, I actually had written in my article that I think based on the way both of them were on Monday with Garbers not being there and Dante without a helmet, I said it's probably going to come down to some combination of Schley and uh, Chase Griffin. So I wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't rule it out, but we'll see how uh, things play out. But yeah, it seems like, uh, and Chip kind of mentioned it today, when you do lose a game, uh, sometimes there's a little frustration. Some of the players had kind of spoke earlier in the week, uh, kind of saying that they kind of weren't unified the way they have been earlier in the season, weren't playing together, weren't playing for each other. Um, and it's really kind of been a, a point to get back to that and making it an asserted effort to kind of rally the guys back together and, and get back on the same page. Um, I don't know. I've, I've seen people say that it's because the offense was, wasn't doing well, that the defensive guys were frustrated. I don't know why I keep seeing that. I don't know if I heard that. Maybe I have to go back and listen to the interviews, but I don't think it was directly put out there that way by the players, but um definitely a frustrating time with just the way things are playing out but um 
yeah what 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 do you what do you think are some things that should be done or you have experienced in the past where uh maybe some players aren't are, are playing as individuals and not as a team and and how do you try and bring the guys back together um i've definitely been a part of some divided locker rooms uh especially when uh, i remember it's 2016 i believe when josh rosen got hurt just the the struggles we had offensively like the we were four and I think we ended up going four and eight, but like our defense was top ten in the country that year, and you wouldn't know because the record shows. And I remember it really being divided because it's like we were given the offense like ample amounts of of opportunities to like go and win us a game, and it's like you can only do it for so long, and it's frustrating. Like you're getting turnovers, you're getting stops, and you're getting all these opportunities for the offense, and then it feels like they're going out there and like you know, not getting it done. Um, but I don't think that's the case with this with this team yet. Um, especially just with this game. I don't think the defense can blame the offense for this game completely because there was definitely lapses on both sides. I mean, it was it was like a slow start in the first half, which we've kind of had majority of the year. And I think we were I think all us as UCLA fans were expecting, you know, there was like a there was a moment where I think we're only down by seven or ten and it's like and you see the offense starting to build up and you're thinking like oh this is going to be it mm-hmm. and it seems like they never caught winning they never made that that leap a lot of times you know getting even even off that that first turnover that alex johnson got the interception yeah. and takes it to the 40 which if if some of the other defensive players would have turned around the block that might have been a touchdown might have changed the whole dynamic of the game if right. you know alex johnson gets a pick six and and they start up seven zero but um, even even what before that, well, I'm saying they didn't. I'm saying the offense didn't get a touch on that on off that turnover. Mm-hmm. And even before yeah, that, just the the offense getting it to the what to the thirty or like inside the forty and not being able to get touchdowns. That's big. And then the field goal troubles that that you said is facing. Um, yeah, I know. They went to a, I know. People, they they went to a different kicker this week, and it still did not work out very well for them. Um, me personally, I miss Nick Barmir. I know that's, you know, sad to say, and, uh, I wish that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a real good guy and a guy that, um, was very consistent for the Bruins and would, would have loved to have him on this team. Cause as we know it, those are made, um, of course, you know, other guys, I think the guy kicking was what younger. The guy kicking was a Montana state transfer. It's kind of funny because I think when he was at Montana state, he was the field goal kicker. But now when he came to UCLA, he started the season as just a kickoff guy. And now he's kind of moved into the kickoff field goal role again. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. There's been there has been some, I would say, kind of I don't I yeah, I don't know how like I don't think it's chip in particular about his special teams or like who he has mm-hmm. running special teams, but it seems like every year there's like a, a weird dynamic between who, yeah, who does field goals, who does kickoff, yeah. and who punts. <laughs> and it's been like <laughs> Yeah, it's always like either different people or like mm-hmm. different rotations of people. When like before, it was like the kicker kicked kickoff and field goals, and the punter punted. And then well, like Nick Barmera, I think he did all of it last year. He was the punter too. Oh yeah, they had another guy, yeah. but I think he did everything. It, that's why it was kind of a big loss when you think of it. Like they had to bring it. They had a. I think they moved R.J. Lopez up, but. It was like, yeah, they lost Nick Barmira. And a part of my mind, the reason why he left is probably because of it could have been 
based on his major going for his master's or something, but also scholarship. Like that was another thing that kind of keeps coming up. They're like, why don't you get a scholarship kicker? And I'm like, I don't know if that really matters or makes a difference. Maybe it does, but I don't know. Fans are screaming about that. I mean, you have 85. So like, (laughs) but that, again, that's been another thing like that. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it's an issue. It's just a thing that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know why it is the way it is, but like, yeah, the specialist not being on scholarship. I feel like you should always have a kicker, punter, and long snapper on scholarship. It's just only fair. Those guys are starters, and um, and you know, up just as many points as as and, anybody else, and are are really important to your team's success. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's the thing they got to figure out. But but back to the defense and offense, it's like. Both sides struggle, so there definitely can't be um, blaming. I understand frustration on both sides as far as, like, you know, I'm like, we can't just say blame the injuries for right, right, for the loss. Like, I think, like you're saying, the fans are frustrated because they see where Arizona is. And if you're watching the game, it did look like it was flipped. It looked like Arizona was the ranked, was the ranked team and UCLA was the unranked team. And just, like, the momentum and the uh, just the way that Arizona was playing, I understand it was their homecoming, and then like they're yeah. but they're just building, and their trajectory does look like it's going up when the Bruins' trajectory and momentum just seems like it's going down. So mm-hmm. things, yeah, things need to change. They definitely didn't didn't look to be on the same page uh, on defense and coverage. Even some run fits didn't didn't look like they've been looking in the past. You know, plays that should have been, I think tackled at the line getting all the way getting first downs um some i mean that quarterback was making some really nice throws in tight windows you know maybe other schools and other quarterbacks haven't been able to do it but it's like all the situations where it's like second third and long he was able to find people and fit in tight windows and get somebody open and then one another big thing yeah like tackling just across the board just didn't seem to be on the standard that it has been all season. And like defense is one of the 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 strong points that we've been um praising, you know, throughout. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't yeah, they didn't look like they were holding the standard that they that we've kind of learned them to have. So there's a lot of things to fix, honestly. And of course all the fans I feel like just putting all the blame on chip. But yeah, it's the- it's it's I don't know. I think it's bigger than that. The fans are the fans are coming in kind of hot this week. I mean, they're throwing out. Um, it, I mean, the result kind of speaks for itself in a way. I mean, I don't necessarily blame Chip for, for it, but it's like Chip is like five and twenty five against teams that end up finishing the season with a winning record since he's been there. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So. I mean, again, you're winning the games you're supposed to win, but it's like you need to get those wins. I think I can't. I don't. I didn't really get the full stat, but it, I mean, it's like he the UCLA has been ranked a couple times, but for the times they are ranked, when they're playing against ranked teams, they're not able. They they get the rank and then they lose the rank because they're not always beating the ranked teams they need to be. They did pretty well last year when they beat Washington and, and Utah, but um, just haven't been able to do that this year. Um, they do have USC coming up, but they can't l- overlook Arizona. Um, when I was walking around on campus yesterday, Josh, I didn't realize that they start taping up, taping up the Bruin, the Bear, the Bruin, the Big Bruin, 
and uh, the John Wooden statue. They started doing it this week. Yep. You got to get ready for that rivalry. <laughs> I didn't know they did it that early. Though. <laughs> At first, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, USC next week. So makes sense. Um, Speaking of USC, I did want to ask you a question. Um, oh, well, first of all, uh, just keep you updated. Latu is now at 11 sacks. His goal was 15 at the beginning of the season. Um, but I did want to ask you a question while we're talking about USC. Um, did you see Caleb Williams uh, crying after the game? Yes, I did. It's been everywhere. Yeah, so everyone has their opinion on it. Josh, what is your opinion? I mean, as a competitor, what sucks is like, when you're great, everybody wants to see you lose. And at the mm-hmm. same time, his, I would say the way his personality is and the way he has like his marketed himself and just the way he's put himself out to the media. um, It's, it makes it, I guess it's like, once you put that out there, now you have to withhold that standard. So mm-hmm. it's like, you put all that out there and you are like you're being yourself, which is, which is always great. And like shout out to him for, you know, for being that, you know, true and genuine all the time. But it's like, it brings that, that, you know, I guess that'd be, uh, I guess like the stress and the, all that on himself to be, you know, that standard, I guess, you know, when you're on and the, when you're on that national stage and I mean, you're on the commercials in between, you know, you're on the commercials in between your own games and stuff like that. Like all eyes are on you at all times. Yeah. So it's like, they capture that moment. The internet's going to troll you all this and that, mm-hmm. um, and the pressure, but I mean, just like the human in him though, like, I know he's just frustrated. Like you're coming off of, Heisman year this was the year you guys you know try to go for a national championship um try to get back-to-back Heismans just that frustration of like maybe he feels like he failed and he like you know he's not doing what he set out to do um and just hating to lose that's what it is just capturing a moment with your mom just you know that frustration like that's the side that like I feel for you bro like you know I, I understand. I empathize with that. Um, but it, at the same time, like the, the other side of it is, like I said, like the things that you put out to the, you know, the media and the content creating all that type of stuff kind of opens you up for mm-hmm. the ugly side of the internet, the troll, the trolls and the, you know, the backlash. And um, I hope he has a strong corner. I hope he has, you know, strong people to lean on. And I hope that, he himself kind of has that tough skin as far as like, I hope he doesn't care so much about the internet stuff. Um, And that's me, that's me coming from, you know, another, like an athlete as a human, I was all that, not as a a UCLA Bruin, because that's totally different. (laughs) Um, No, but, but no, that I think you, you said it pretty well. Yeah. I kind of caught some clips of, um, I think he was talking to the media about an hour or so ago. Oh, that was, was no, no, no. But what's up with their media? I'm glad you said it because I was gonna mention it. Go ahead. That what, was what, one what, thing that ahead. that confused. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, this is supposed to be you know yep. professional setting, and like you do Tell this them. and yep. you have you only have a few seats, and you have people on the ground. Like, okay, if you can't interview that many people at a time, there needs to be mm-hmm. 
different shifts of people like wait yes. let let them boys like ucla does yeah you should only have the amount of people in in the room or at the table that you can see and have mics for the mother boys let them go shower let them go be in the locker room go let them be with their families y'all can interview them the next day you should only be asking two three guys after the game for for interviews regardless of win or loss no matter what the game is it's not the national championship or something or, or anything where there's <laughs> right. podiums or media day where there's podiums mm-hmm. all around like y'all gotta do better and it's just like i feel like it's just like in etiquette and like professionalism I don't know if that's on the UCLA, uh, I mean, USC's media like relations or mm-hmm. on just the media, like how do they choose who they want and who allows it to be like? Yeah. So like, so that's my, my whole thing when I watch these things, because so my reporters out there um, for those who registered, Luca Evans is out there. And when I see his video, I was watching his video after the game and then they were talking to Mason Cobb, who was the linebacker, who was like sitting back on the wall um, and starts answering the question. And they're like, can you come up to the microphone, please? Like, yo, you shouldn't even like I'm not even mad at him for that one. Like they lost. He ain't even really trying to be there, to be honest. But on top yeah, he of that, ain't getting, he ain't getting paid to do that. Yeah, he ain't getting, he ain't worried about it. He don't really want to be there. But and again, I don't blame him, but it's like. That y'all wouldn't be in that situation. Y'all wouldn't have him in that situation where he has to get up, sit in a chair, you know, get in front of a mic. If you just already had him in a chair to begin with, but you want to bring up, but the reason why I think, well, not the reason why, but it might, the way it looks to me as someone who's covering UCLA and not covering USC is even last week, Lincoln Riley didn't even let the players talk. He didn't want the players to even talk to the media after the game. So now I feel like that's almost being petty this week where they probably said, yo, you probably should have them talk to the players. All right, let's give them 10 players to talk to and have them all out there at once. Because like when we've done the press conferences with you after the after the postgame press conferences um, with you, it's always you and somebody else. It'd be you but, and, and Chris Barnes but, and then it'll be Dorian and Josh Kelly or something like that. Yeah, I think majority of times it'd be like we would. Y'all would do probably right after do chip, mm-hmm. let us shower yes. and stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, a lot of times it was like either me and Chris up there together or me and Josh Kelly. up, And this is mm-hmm. two of us. Right. And right. like you kind of like you have questions like you, either we go back and forth or one at a time, one at a time mm-hmm. and we're done. Like something simple. But yeah. Having. Yeah, that's you saw the one with, with Caleb Williams where. Let alone everyone's been talking about the quote where he said, I just want to go home, cuddle my dog and watch shows. But even the way way he did it, where he was just like leaning against the wall and then he like didn't really move his feet, but leaned over to the mic (laughs) and just answered the question like he didn't want to be there. And the fact that like your Heisman Trophy winner is like having to stand up like crazy. That's crazy. Um, So a lot of that they've had a new media relations kind of head of media relations over the last year or so. And then I think some of it is just Lincoln Riley's beef with the media is still just kind of playing out there. Um, so it's been a little messy, I think, out there. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, they will be playing at UC or UCLA will be playing in the Coliseum in two weeks, but they do have Arizona State um up ahead. Real quick as we wrap things up. Um any thoughts on Arizona State? Any stories, any anything that stands out when you hear about Arizona State? I just think it's just hot there. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I really They're playing paid. at the Rose Bowl, thankfully. 
that's one school this this year that I have not paid much attention to in the Pac-12. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, they're on the they're on the the bottom of the conference just because they're in the middle of rebuilding. Um, but for for fun fact, for anyone who hasn't been following along, Kenny Dillingham went from being the offensive coordinator to the head coach at Arizona State, and by him going to Arizona State and leaving Oregon is the reason why Dante Moore came to UCLA. So that's everyone's big fun fact for shout out him. <laughs> but I'd say for this game, I think it's really important that we build momentum going into SC. So, yeah, I mean, all the kinks need to be out. Everybody needs to be on the mm-hmm. same page. We need energy. We need, you know, scoring. We need defense. We need field goals. We need everything to come together <laughs> this week. So everybody, yeah. you, know, let's, you know, get back to doing what we need to do and let's get a dub. And that's the Rose Bowl. So y'all got to show up um, and follow up that Colorado crowd that you guys had for your homecoming. So with that said, I can't say any better than what Josh had to say there. So we'll end it right there. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you, everybody. This is the Believe in UCLA football podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.